What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 75, and on today's episode, Dimitri and I sit down and have a conversation with Jared Larson of Onyx. About this time last year, we had Jared on the podcast to talk about his upcoming 2020 whitetail season, where he had a chance to hunt Montana, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. He filled all those tags but one, and you hear the stories about all those hunts during this podcast. This episode is sure to fire you up about deer hunting from a double drop time buck to having the opportunity of a, on a bull elk from the saddle. Some great stories and content in this one. We love sitting down with Jared and talking about all things hunting. So sit back and enjoy this fun episode. Till next time, everybody, antler up. And before we get into this episode, I want to thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives from the Rhino and the Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, and functional but unique designs coupled with his precise leather work makes products that will last a lifetime. Check out his new Featherlight as well and go check out SheaButlerKnives.com. And I want to thank our partners over at Onyx Hunting App because it's the number one hunting app that you can download. Whether you're dropping waypoints, tracking, seeing the distance between bedding to a food source, Onyx has everything and more to have you covered. Also, don't forget when you sign up with an elite membership, you get exclusive member benefits from Top Rut, Exo Mountain Gear, Vortex, and more. Go download Onyx Hunt app app, onyxmaps.com. And also want to thank our partners over there at Tether. Tether uh, teaching train tours are still popping up all across uh, the states this summer. Go check one out July 10th up uh, here in, in Clearfield area. And also some up of our friends up in Pertineer Outdoors are going to have one up in New York in the Buffalo area. So check that out. I don't have the date on me right now, but see what, what it's all about. Free, get a chance to get, uh, attend and get a chance to be in a saddle. So check them out, tethernation.com. Also, 3D season's kicking up, whitetail season's just around the corner, and as well as going out west. So make sure your strings are good to go. If you're in, a new, uh, in need of a new set, check out americasbestbowstrings.com. Between the uh, custom quality as well as the performance, nothing can beat them. They're America's Best Bowstrings. Check them out. All right, let's get into this episode and antler up. We are uh, live. We have Jared Larson on from OnX. And uh, Jared, well, first off, you know, before we dive into your deer and your turkey season, uh, obviously the single, single season slam, uh, we're, you were generous enough to hook us up and hook up some uh, followers and random people at Total Archery Challenge this past weekend at Seven Springs with some membership. So uh, what, what we did was on Thursday, we weren't there for the first day. Uh, but Friday, I got there pretty early, and I met two of our buddies. One of them is our friend Tim, who we uh, went out west with this past year. And we're like, they shot Thursday. They just had, like, the hiking pass to go up and hike and just walk around Friday. So I did that with them. And uh, we had an antler up sign on the Sitka course. So we were just, like, hiking around, meeting people. And uh, we went to where our shot was, and it was on a 95-yard uh, for the first couple days was on a 95 yard stag, uh, just a bomb. And it was pretty cool because I was just, I introduced myself. I was like, all right, who, you know, introducing people. And, 
uh, talking. I said, well, you see that sign down there? I said, pull up those binos. I said, uh, it's, I said, my name's Jeremy Dinsmore. I just said, Hey, I'm from central Pennsylvania here. I, and, uh, we have a weekly podcast. I just want to, you know, hand out with, with some Onyx memberships for see who has the best shot. Like I was just messing with some of them. And, uh, nice. yeah, so I was able to hand a few out personally and, and do that. We did a giveaway on our Instagram. And, uh, so that was like Thursday, and it was pretty cool because that day there was a, a father and son tandem shooting that shot and the the dad shot and he was, he, he hit foam. So he was good. And this yep. kid, his name's JJ and he ended up being the winner of our America's best bowstrings giveaway because I was watching him. He got up there and he just settled his pin and I had my binos on and I'm like, dude, you just smoked that 12 ring. He's like, nah, he's no like, kid. that was, he was like, that was luck. That was my best shot. I was like, dude, the pressure was on. Like you had, cause there was like <laughs> four or five groups of people waiting behind him, and he smoked that thing. And, uh, so I walked down with him and took his picture and all that stuff. And he, uh, gave him a hat and, uh, some Onyx membership and also won America's best bowstrings from, from us too. So he was the, the lucky winner of, of the weekend for, from our standpoint. And then, uh, so that was Friday. We met up with some friends and had some, you know, laughs and met up with some other people around the, the tent village and we shot Saturday finally. And, uh, that was Dimitri's first time. So what, what'd you think? Uh, I mean, I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was great meeting a lot of people that we've talked to, whether it was on the podcast or some yeah. other friends that have podcasts as well and finally getting to meet them in person. That was awesome. And just like we've talked about it before, it just kind of felt like we were all friends for a long time. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like we were meeting each other for the first time, which is kind of what I really love about the, you know, having the podcast and meeting new people is, you know, those experiences are really true. And, yeah. and when you meet these guys, they're the same people they are as when you're talking to them or, you know, chatting them up on the phone. Uh, so that was awesome on Friday night. We had a, we had a really good time yeah. of just hanging out and, you know, I, I came into the experience of just, just going to have fun. You know, I wasn't putting any pressure on myself and, and, and I knew I was going to maybe lose some arrows and miss some targets and, and, but it was a blast. I yeah. mean, we had a really good time. You didn't lose one, did you? Uh, I didn't lose one on the first course and then I did lose one on the second, but we were pretty Yes. Pretty, pretty worn Dude, out we were by smoke, the second course. Like how you're saying 90 degrees, it was like eight. It had to be high 80s with the humidity being, you know, 90 something. It was just like, we were, we're, yeah, we were baking, dude. And uh, we shot the Yeti course on Saturday first and it was fun. We had some tough shots. Like I, like the first, I would say the first shot was an 88 yard shot on a Yeti uphill shot him like right in the, right in the nads, which is kind of fun. <laughs> it was like, it was just let him eat. Uh, and then there was another, there was like a small little fork buck or like a fun target, like uphill. And then they started getting a little bit more challenging. Like, cause those two were wide open on the slope. Sure. There, there was like a crow 60 some yards. You couldn't even see it because of it was in the, you know, in the timber with rocks all around it out of the group. I was the only one that hit it that and in, mm -hmm. in, in that one it was it was a it was it was a fun shoot man all the way around uh and then i had a opportunity to shoot the knock on course sunday uh which i didn't have a chance to shoot the whole thing because my daughter had a dance recital so i i there was a time limit where i was like i gotta get off the mountain and, and get back home uh, yep. but dude i shot we i think we, me our buddy jim we shot 11 maybe 10 10 or 11 targets uh, dude, I was like, we were all on. It was so fun. Cause I think we were just not pressured. It was just the three of us. There wasn't people 
on like behind their backs or in front of us. We just were, we had it like two pace. And yeah. yeah. So the first two shots, like my, my gym, like my buddy, Jim, he's like, those are a little too easy. I think like for like, I think they're warming us up for something. And then the next thing you know it, you're at a cross the pond shot, 71 yard on an armadillo with like, in like just two enormous rocks right behind it. So if you're anything, you know, to pass it, you're smashing that arrow. And, uh, I, I ten ring that sucker. Like I like Sunday, I was, I was feeling pretty good. And so it, it was fun, man. It, like Dimitri said, it was a blast just meeting up with people. And I'm like dying to come out to do like Montana or Utah or Colorado, just because man, like it, obviously we put up a good, a, you know, a great fun course, I think for all five of them, but man, I would, it, I would have a ton of fun coming out West to shoot one of those out there. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people that lose a good chunk of change in oh, arrows yeah. over the course of a weekend if they're up there all weekend. Yep. Um, I've actually never been to one out west here, embarrassingly enough. Yeah. Uh, I have a really, really hard time giving up July weekends uh, from the trout stream, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's tough. I mean, like you said, you get there you, There are only so many opportunities you could be up lost in the woods and, and go fishing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, you only really get like 10 weekends of summer in, in yeah. Montana. It like, if you hunt and like, don't have a raft and means to fish every piece of water. Cause yeah. antelope season comes in August 15th and I'm yeah. And like this year I'm going to Alaska August 5th. So okay. like I have a really, really short, <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, I, I too want to get to a, a tack out west. I'm pretty sure like the Big Sky one, like yeah, as far as like tickets go, sold out in like a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What what what's in Alaska early on? What, what what's that? Caribou? Ah, uh, no. So my sister's an Alaskan resident. Okay, and so uh, we're going on a doll sheep hunt. Dude, no um, way. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've been trying to coordinate and plan this for a couple of years now, and. Uh, I mean, we still have like one logistical challenge to overcome, but I mean, like tickets are bought, tags are in pockets. Like we're, we're ready. It's happening no matter what. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy. How, how, like, do you, how do you prepare for that? Like I couldn't I like, know, dude. like, <laughs> like I've been, I've watched like every video you can possibly find. Like the biggest things I'm super nervous about is like judging a legal ram, right? Mm -hmm. It's gotta be full curl. And like, uh, I haven't spent any time looking over Rams. Like, you know, uh, like, sure. I, I know a mega Ram when I see a mega Ram and hopefully that's what happens. Yeah. But you know, if you get one, that's just like, I don't know. I've, I've watched literally every video I can find on the internet, wow. read a bunch of shit, but like, that's one of those things. It's like, you can watch videos and you can read stuff, but when you get behind the spotter there, it's like, yeah, you're either going to know or not. I, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's coming. Dude, what a year like you're putting together. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly like when you started talking about it, I was like, oh damn. Yeah. That's uh, a tough year to ever top. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, I don't know. I, I just remember early on Demetri and I seeing that we're like, dude, Jared smoked that one in Montana. And it was like a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, he got the one in Wisconsin. And it was a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, did you see that one in Oklahoma? Like, man. And then before he came on, like I was talking to, I said to Demetri, I said, which, how, where do we want to start with? He's like, well, let's just go in like an order. Well, we'll start in the fall and, and see where we go. And, uh, 
you had Iowa too, didn't you? But you, I don't know, nothing, no tag there. Uh-oh. Uh, no. no. Oh, I, I stuck what would have been like the best buck of my fall by a landslide. No way. And, and never found that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, let's get into it. I can get into that if that's if that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go get the bad stuff out of the way first? Yeah. Let's talk about that that Iowa one. That way, then we'll 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 make it up with the whole uh, Wisconsin and and Montana and Oki stuff. So yeah, walk us through that one, just because, man, I I love one. You're a great storyteller, but then two, it's just we'll we'll dive into it. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. So Iowa, I've just been really fortunate uh, to grow up in uh, an extended family that has a 400 acre Iowa farm. One of my aunts or grandparents homesteaded it way back. Um, and so we're on like this rotating cycle. Cause there's probably like seven to nine people that are applying to hunt there, but it takes about three years to draw a tag. Okay. Um, and so we only ever hunt like three or four people in a year. And this year it just so happened. It was like the kid's year. So it was like <laughs> me, my brother and like two of my cousins that are like, uh, children of the owners that we're super close with. So we were all like super excited for this year. And we just, we got uh, some cell cams this past fall. So that just like added to it all. Right. Like yep. I know you guys run cell cams yep. and those things are just, they're so addictive. Like that was the first <laughs> thing every single morning is like, what's on the other cell cam, like yep. starting October 1st, especially cause it's like, it's real now. Um, but anyhow, so went down there and I mean, it was a phenomenal week of hunting, best week of hunting I've ever had in my life. Um, as far as just like number of mature bucks running around recklessly. Yeah. Um, What time of year did you go to Iowa? Yeah. So I, I would, this is the week that it's pretty unanimously agreed upon, um, by the family that like, if you have 10 days, put it somewhere between the fifth and the 15th. Okay. Um, and so I think I was there, I think I hunted six, six or seven through 17. Okay. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, my brother ended up sticking a, a one sixty nine and seven eighths, uh, 12, like symmetrical Dude. and just had split brows. Um, I had a buck that my cousin later shot at four yards, um, ended up going a one fifty four four and small change eight, Uh, but he was at like four yards behind me in a cedar. And I just like, couldn't do anything about it. And then the buck I shot, I had three encounters with them. Um, and after I shot my buck, so I I know you guys are are big tethered saddle guys. And I just like, I can't stop talking about them because I love sitting in them so much. Yeah. Uh, and like, we have, we have proven stands all across that property. I had no business crawling up in my <laughs> damn saddle, but I was like, cause my brother shot his pretty early in the trip. And we were there for like 10 days together. Shot his on like day four and I had, uh, the phantom and the mantis. And yep. so I was like, dude, like he doesn't know how to run a camera for uh, like at all. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, cl- we're gonna like climb up in this tree and you're just going to sit in here with the camera with me. Cause it was like, you know, yeah, it'd be fun. And like, when are you, when else are you going to get to do with that with your brother? Like, I don't know. I just, it was so fun. And, uh, we did that for like four days in a row and we saw mature bucks. I mean, you know, we're sitting dark till dark. Yeah. Uh, we saw mature bucks every day, but one inside bow range, um, including the buck that I ended up shooting two different times. One time he just came like nose down cruising through at like 19 yards, uh, just like, 
right on the edge of just super thick um, bedding cover. So there's like some pretty good terrain. And we had just hunt a lot of those like finger ridges. Okay. And a lot yeah. of them have, you know, good doe bedding cover, um, especially ones that are like above a food source. Um, and this year, like it was a bean field down below, which honestly, I usually would prefer corn, but beans was, what was still in? doing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it happens a lot in this particular spot where you see mature bucks in bow range. It's just tough to get a shot. Um, they just like, it's this big horseshoe shaped ridge. Right. And, and they just kind of like work the bottom edge of, you know, they typically use the wind and come on the leeward side. So, you know, you got obviously hunted on the right wind. Um, but so we were just sitting there and yeah, I had them come by at 19 yards, no shot, had a different mature buck at 19 yards, but to make a long story, uh, short, I saw him two nights later, watched him breed a doe seven different times, same doe. Um, and it was just like chaos in the field. And I watched them at dark go up into that same little bedding zone that my brother and I had hung like a day or two previous. And it was the second to last day of my trip at that point. And so we crawled up, up in that stand and uh, my brother was bailing that day. So he didn't come. Okay. Um, and this was like the first time in, I don't know, like six, five days, four days, you know, something yep. where he didn't come with me. And of course at like, it was like 1130 in the morning. Um, I've been having really good success rattling all week. Um, like it was rare to put the horns together when you were in the timber mm -hmm. and not have something happened, yeah, you know, like come. at least like hear something. And so I put my horns together and I, I, it was unbelievable. I had five different bucks come in like from like two of them came together. The other three, I truly believe like just came in solo. And I, I literally had five bucks within bow range at one time. <laughs> one of them was this, I don't know. He, he's probably uh, a mid fifties to sixties, 10. Um, and he like was by far the biggest deer there. But I mean, deer were just like walking circles and ears pinned back, but it wasn't even fun. You know, it was just yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know, you have deer yeah. on all sides of you. You have no idea how you're not already busted. Right. Um, but eventually that buck, like there's a bunch of them that were pawing the ground and he came like right up the ridge, right to me. Um, and he was like, pawing the ground like right at like 31 yards and i range him and i have like just like sticks and and crap and uh and all of a sudden like this buck behind me like grunts and then a couple others like i don't know like they jumped and there's like a big leaf stir and so the buck that i just ranged like took a couple like hurried steps okay and so i just you know and i was i, I was like drawn back right after i ranged and I just, I shot him for like the 31. I just ranged him at not really realizing that he took like, you know, a step or two back. He ended up being at 36, but I honestly, like as the arrow went, I thought I pinwheeled him. Like oh, it, I, I was like, I knew it was a little lower than I wanted it to be, but I was not concerned immediately yeah. after the shot. And, uh, and we waited just because I got back and I, you know, I didn't feel as good about it two hours later at, you know, typical. Yeah. yeah typical. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, we went back and, uh, I mean, the amount of blood in the first 200 yards, we thought he was heart shot going to be piled up, just pouring. 
Um, and then after 200 yards, it, yeah, I don't know what happened, but something happens. And it was just like drops, drops, drops. We followed the drops for, I think, half mile. Um, and then booted him out of his bed about six hours after impact. Um, then we bailed out of there. In hindsight, Iowa just legalized dogs. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, we, we, we don't really have service um, where we hunt, even at the little cabin. Like, you have to, like, make an effort to go get service. Yeah. And it just never crossed my mind. But, boy, was that stupid. Um, because we went in there the next morning, and he bedded only 50 yards from where we bumped him um, the, the day before. And then there's two more beds all within 200 yards. Um, but then just found a little blood after that fourth bed. And, I mean, we looked and looked and looked and found nothing. Dang. Jeez, that's crazy. That's tough, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It was not a deer. We had, like, a few pictures of him, yeah. but he wasn't, like, around all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if, if we got pictures of him again, he's pretty unique um, just in the fact know. that, like, his G2s, like, instead of going up, they, like, almost go back. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what our, our cameras captured. Do I believe he's alive? I, I don't. Okay. Um, as I say, but, did, will anybody be walking property here or like, Oh, have, like have we it? already burned and, yeah. uh, and have Turkey hunted it. Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's unlikely he's on our property, but there's some thick stuff in there, but the, the neighbors are the, the one neighbor that he would be on is, is like MIA and not really all that into hunting. Okay. So, yeah. Now hunting with all those bucks in, in Iowa, have you ever tried using a decoy or any setups like that with that many bucks cruising in front of you? For sure. Um, there's a couple of people in the family, <laughs> my dad in particular, that love using a decoy. Um, I don't personally. Yeah. I, they just screw everything up. And like from my experience using them, it's like doe comes into the field at 200 yards, instantly blowing, stomping, and is out of there. Now I understand like uh, a mature buck could inhibit a completely different reaction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say I've used it much. That's because I, I, I love watching, like, like you said it just to see, cause like for us, like we don't, and it's just interesting to see, like how you said, there's just how deer deer behavior is just so crazy. Just, it's just so different. You know what I mean? Like there's times like even like, like there's like how you're saying you're hitting those horns and in the spot that you're at deer are just coming. And, and it's not like that every year. Right, I mean, exactly. like we have a sweet Iowa farm, but like, it's not like deer come every time you rattle. Yeah. Like there was just something about that week of 2020, dude, the deer were dumb. Like the big bucks were just like, it is time. Yeah. And they just forgot how to live appropriately. Dang. Well, I would love to experience that Iowa sometime of just, I mean, even watching THP and, you know, they're on public ground. I mean, honestly, you missed the deadline by like two days this year, if that's the case. But like, there's not a lot of public in Iowa. But yeah, Yeah. if you watch THP, you should damn well know you can shoot good bucks on public in Iowa. Yeah, no, I, I got, I think I have two. I think I'm at two points. So nice yeah i'm there's i mean you're in the game for much of the state yeah so i'm hoping like uh i don't know i have all these plans it's just (laughs) (laughs) making them happen is is the other thing so it's like okay so if i could do like i'm so torn how i want to work the iowa wisconsin thing like do i want to do that like an extended trip and do both or hunt like wisconsin first 
and then go scout Iowa while I'm down there and then come back. So then the next year I hunt Iowa and know where I'm going and that idea. Hmm. I mean, it's not that far. You should right. just hunt the heck out of Wisconsin and then go do the same for Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's like my, uh, my little predicament. I'm like, okay, do I want to scout and have a better idea where I'm going for the fall next year for Iowa? Or do I want to do both all in the same year and just make that an extended trip? Like, Hey, I'm going to hunt Wisconsin first, drop down, go to Iowa, do that type of ordeal. Or you, you know, be strategic about where you're hunting and make the, the, you know, one of them like a scenic little fishing camping trip. So long as you go to like yeah. the north, the eastern part of Iowa has like a lot of cool, like driftless fly fishing type stuff. That's yeah. like super scenic and unique as does Southwest Wisconsin. Yeah. That's kind of actually where I've been looking just to make it oh. a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 Well, and if you're going to go hunt Iowa, I think you would want to scout the crap out of that, yeah. you know, one or even two years before that, just to kind of see what you're dealing with. Cause that's probably a tag of a lifetime. Yeah. So you don't want to screw that up. Well, that's what I mean. At 33 years old, you know, I'll be probably 30, well, I'll be, I'll be 34 here at the end of the month. So I'll probably pull that sucker when I'm 36. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. Then next time I, do it, it'll be 40. Holy shit. I'm getting old, man. What the heck's going on with me? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you're don't worry just yeah. when you're pulling Iowa tags. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you got Kansas, and yep. I don't know. There's all sorts of things to yep. do, dude. I, like, it's funny how during application season, it's like you look back and you're like, damn, I just spent X hundred dollars on like points, future plans that I don't even know what they'll look like. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like buying a stock, you know? <laughs> it is exactly right, man. But it's like more exciting because you're guaranteed success of like, hell yeah, yeah I'm doing something sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, Top Route has been awesome. Like to help yeah, that. that yeah, glad you've been using it. Yeah, that, that's, I've been using the, that just to help me plan out. I have now like my little spreadsheet of all where I have points and kind of hopeful, uh, you know, years that I could pull some, some tags. And uh, so that's been a nice little key feature for, you know, Onyx Elite members. Heck yeah. Yeah, I, I too used it during application season and made it certainly quicker than paging through dot uh, govs. Oh my gosh, heck of a lot easier. That's the one thing. Just because I'm new, I'm quote unquote newer to that aspect of things, and it just made it like so. I much don't easier. care how unnew you are to that. Like yeah. some of that stuff is downright confusing and yeah. horrible to navigate. Yeah, no, big time. No, so let's dive into. So all right, so that was that that November time frame. So yeah. early season Montana, because last time when we had you on, we knew, dude, you were having like you you had your whitetail season lined up, and that first yeah. one was was Montana home state. Yeah. You know, let's let's dive into that because that was a beautiful beautiful buck. Cool, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so that one was uh, October third, um, and was just uh, you know around around western Montana here, and a lot of the hunting here is is river bottoms as far as like the tree stand whitetail hunting stuff, um, you know, certainly can be done elsewhere, but gets significantly harder and it's already not super easy. Yeah. Um, and so I've been hunting this spot for three years, I would say. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's a large chunk, but it's not, it's monotonous as hell. Like there's just not much diversity. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that really funnels deer. There's not a single topo line on it. And, and it's like a thousand acres. That would drive this guy nuts. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It is isn't horrible. Yeah. And so like, I don't know when I first got here, like it's, it's convenient. I know for a fact there are good bucks on it. And like, 
you can get away from people because I mean, it's a hoof to get to some of the places. Um, and so like I have trail cams and I like knew the kind of deer that I'd gotten photos of out there. And eventually I just, I just figured it out. I, I, one day it was in the summer and I was just like walking through this neck high grass in this like old little, you know, it was like an old little Creek washout just because, you know, these major rivers, you know, every year they kind of change and, you know, with runoff, things always change. And I blew out just a, I mean, it was a very nice buck in velvet in like mid July. Um, And that was the year prior. Okay. And so then I was like, okay, I got to zone in over here. And so that's where I focused all my effort uh, with cameras and stuff. And then, I mean, it really paid off last summer. I had a, a bunch of really good bucks in there. Um, even some bulls, uh, bull nice. elk strolling through. Um, and so, you know, there's been a running joke at the office. I always tell the guys, I'm going to shoot my first elk from a tree stand. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so anyhow, I was, <laughs> I found this. I love. Little, I, I love that you're like my first elk will be from the tree stand. That's like you know how how it doesn't get more midwestern than that. You know? No, no. Well, and it's like you know, it's it's not like it's more half you know joking yeah, no, than anything. Know, just because it bothers them, you know. Like yeah. same thing. I, I tell them that elk hunting is just a big game of turkey hunting, but they have noses, which I truly believe that. But you know, it still bothers the Westies. So. I love it, man. Um, but anyhow, so there's like, you know, just a couple select Aspen groves throughout this big chunk and to no surprise, you know, one of them, that's where I was hanging out in. It's like just 13 acres of, of the nice little Aspen actual growth stuff. Okay. Um, and so I had hung in there, I think one time previously during the season, just because, you know, season opens beginning of September, but uh, I was in the mountains chasing elk. Um, and so got in there. And had a really good sit, saw a couple little bucks, um, and actually was like, man, I am in the wrong tree. One thing that's really dumb that I, I, I tend to do sometimes with the saddle is I don't necessarily have a tree picked out, mm-hmm. um, even in like a spot that I'm pretty familiar with, which I should really do that more. Now, um, let, let, let's build off of that real quick, just because we had that discussion this actually past weekend with a few of our buddies. So do you more go off of like, like a general little area of okay like i see a pocket like think think of eight trees like within a pocket okay or 10 trees just to make it easier and you are saying okay out of those 10 i could get up in four that you know you have like a good killing you know area basically to go off of and it's just sometimes you get in the wrong one that day because of where the deer are crossing or whatever that's that's the way i kind of look at it because i was explaining to people hey like for me going in the saddle this past year if I saw a deer, like if I was just on the outskirt or like, dang, I just need to get in that area and, and push either backwards or forwards or left or right, I kind of would scout like before I'm getting down, before it's dark out, like I'm looking at trees through the binos and saying, okay, that's that's where I need to go. And I might even work my way to that spot, drop my waypoint. So that way in the morning, I'm, I'm measuring that distance of where I was yesterday to where I need to be right now and hopefully get in that right tree. Okay, good. I like it. Yeah. And and so my, my only problem though, is like, I just stew over that tree. Like if I'm going in there hunting the next day, it's like, Oh, you know, was that the tree? And my (laughs) particular problem with this spot is it's, it's pretty, uh, I can only really hunt it on like a North 
to northeast winds. Okay. Um, and so like that somewhat has to do with it. But but what was really detrimental is I had like four cameras on 13 acres. And, and so like I was like, oh, but I don't know. They they were walking that trail the other day, <laughs> then that trail. And so you're, you're like, I don't know. I, I just get all up in my head about it. But anyhow, crawled up in a uh, a tree that was about 80 yards from from where I had been the previous time I hunted. I think there was a couple days apart. Um, and I get up in the tree there and dude, there are just elk screaming everywhere. And, and I'm, I'm somebody that like, I like to get in like dark. Like I like to sit there in the dark for 20 minutes if, if I can. Um, and it was amazing. I like, I always towed in a little coffee. So I was just like sitting there in the dark, drinking coffee, listening to bulls scream. Um, and so a lot of these bulls are on like private. Um, in fact, like all of them, except there's like one, that I was like, ah, he might be riding the border. Um, and so I was just enjoying myself. And then I decided, you know what, what the hell? Uh, 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 if I rip a bugle, cause I have my bugle tube yeah. uh, in the dark here in my tree, like that's not going to screw up my whitetail hunt here. And so I rip a bugle in the dark, <laughs> just one. Um, and this fringe bull like hammers on me. And I was like, all right, whatever. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like I contemplated getting down from my saddle but I was pretty confident I was going to have a, a shot at the buck I killed or potentially an even better buck. Yeah. Um, and so I was sitting there and I mean, probably right at about daybreak, uh, a mule deer doe and fawn just come like bouncing right through, which I have never seen a mule deer down there. Never got a photo <laughs> of one. Just like, I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was, I was sitting there looking around and all of a sudden, sure enough, here, here's my bachelor group of bucks, um, coming in and they're probably at, I don't know, 120 yards and there's seven of them, something like that. Um, just feeding along and like moments after I see these bucks, freaking bull elk, just like comes trotting right through the middle of the deer. And like, I kid you not, not a single deer picked up its head. The, the elk didn't acknowledge the deer, like no cares about one another wow that was probably so i would like i'm 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 visually picturing this right now this is awesome yeah so i'm in this aspen grove and this elk comes and he is coming down a freaking trail that literally goes underneath my tree i was like i'm gonna shoot this thing straight below me and so he, he's just like marching and it's 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 a legal bull it's not any better than that yeah uh, and so he's coming he's coming all of a sudden he stops at like 60 yards dead facing me and takes like a hard right. I'm like, no. Yeah. And so I like range a tree that he's like looking like he's going to cross paths with like 57. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to take this one if I can get him to stop. And so I draw back and he stops fricking perfectly. Like I couldn't have placed him in a better spot. Okay. And I, I don't know what happened, but I sailed it right, o- right over his oh, back. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, dude, could you right imagine? Over his back. Dude, could and you so, imagine if you if you pinwheeled him and then like an hour or two later, that whitetail would have walked by, you would have had not only your first elk out of the tree, but yeah. then you, that, your whitetail, oh my gosh, dude. Gets, gets more interesting. Okay, so keep those going. Deer, those deer, when I shoot at that elk, are like 100 yards away the elk takes off and like busts through some like low willowy, you know, brush. Those deer like pick their heads up, look around a little bit. No No big deal. 
Okay. And they just, they feed their way right freaking to me. Like drew it up perfectly. And they are all within bow range. Um, the buck I ended up shooting, which I don't know. I I mean, it's a respectable public land whitetail. It's like, I don't know. I I haven't put a tape on him, but he's probably like a one twenty. Dude, but he's beautiful. Um, Like he's like a pretty nine point. Yeah. Next year, if I would have let him live next year, he would have been, he would have been real nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was the, I couldn't shoot him for the longest time and he was in bow range just cause he was in some thick stuff and like every other deer, but there was a couple that were just like sparring and tickling antlers. Um, and then this one little two and a half year old got real aggro and, and thought he was gonna try to fight everybody. And then my buck made a fateful decision and, and stepped in to lock antlers with them. And, uh, that, that was it. I mean, I, I hit him, uh, I shot him right in the shoulder, which wasn't, wasn't my best move, but it, he didn't go anywhere. What, what Crunched. setup, what setup did you run? Aaron. Um, so I need, I need to readjust my setup. I'm okay. going to shoot new broadheads. I I've been having a real flip flop with broadheads lately. Okay. Um, I've been trying all sorts of them, but I was shooting dirt naps. Okay. Uh, the, I think the alphas 125 grains, I shoot some like victory VAP TKOs. Um, I'm not going to, I want to say I'm shooting between it like four, 480 total yeah. weight, something like that. So, so, so fairly heavy, yeah. but not like super heavy. You're, you're in that good range, like that solid, you're still going to be getting max speed, like at a good, good speed efficiently and pat, you know, impact is going to be solid. Yeah. Uh, and that Iowa whitetail I'd actually shot with uh, a rage hypodermic. Okay. Um, uh, because so anyhow, I literally shot this buck. There's more to this story. I'll keep it short because yeah, it no. can go really long. Yeah, man. Um, so I shoot this buck literally 25 minutes max after I missed that bull elk. And so I'm like sitting in my tree stand, like freaking out. Yeah. Um, and so I just like crawled down and I like walked down, uh, to, to the river and was just like chilling out. And it was like, I don't know, I'd let a couple hours pass. I was just like taking a nap, calling people. And all of a sudden these bulls just start ripping across the river, just screaming and they're on public. And I'm like, I was, I literally was talking to my grandma and I was like, grandma gotta go bulls are going. And I just like hung up on my grandma and like ran across the river. And, uh, to make a long story short, I ran around in an absolute scream fest for about three hours. Most of it, I was just like belly crawling or laid down, hiding behind logs. Counted eight different bulls at one point. And like, I don't know, there had to be way over 50 cows. I, I want to say there was a hundred, but I might be lying if I say that, but a pile. Um, and so I ended up getting into bow range of this herd while they were bedded like the closest cows were like 32 or something like that and the bull was right in the middle of them all he was at like 60 something 70 but there's just never like any good opportunity to shoot and so after laying there for about 45 minutes an hour with like cows in range i just decided you know what i'd rather just have a really full freezer all fall yeah. And, um, I just like picked this cow that I was going to shoot. She like wide open 37 yards ranged her a hundred times. And I, I did, I, to this day, I pinwheeled her. Like I like watched my arrow sink all the way into her up to the fletchings, like three inches left maybe. Um, 
and it must have buried in the opposite shoulder. Pure chaos broke out after that, like just elk I would, everywhere. I would have loved to see that uh, footage, like that aerial footage of just the chaos that would have, dude, yeah, all held. I, it was like I had no idea how many <laughs> you could have got. Right <laughs> yeah, who knows? You could have got trampled. On. Um, but I never found my arrow. Never found a speck of blood. Um, and like, I literally went down there for four days in a row and just like no, gritted back wow. and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Found like multiple, multiple other arrows with broadheads on them. Uh, found like three other dead elk carcasses. So I wasn't the only one slanging arrows in there. Wow. Um, but nothing, nothing about my, my cow. Dang. Um, when, cause so where, then it, where did you find that, that big, uh, deadhead that you found now different, different state. spot yeah okay. different spot okay um but yeah so all in the same day i i very i should have killed a bull elk and then my deer and then i should have been done but instead i missed a bull elk shot a white tail and lost a cow dang damn. Uh, what should, a day of emotions should have had a camera yeah. with you what's that should have had a camera or someone filming you that's a day yeah where you definitely wish man i wish i went through the effort to self-film yeah um, but yeah, so that was a wild one. Uh, I'll never have a day of better hunting. I don't yeah. deserve a day of better hunting. That's for sure. Now, how did you deal with your emotions? Just because, you know, people kind of, you got so many highs and lows. I mean, that's more high and lows than probably most people are going to have in yeah. one day. It, but it, you had it in a day. People won't even experience that in a season. You know what I mean? No. But oh, how do yeah. you keep, keep yourself calm and collective and, you know, cause you, you, you saw saw the deer come in and you know so you got a high and then here comes the elk which is going to even go through the roof and then you you miss the elk which is you know one of your dreams which you know you get sunk down uh pretty low at the bottom and then you know then you got to hurry up and scramble because these whitetails are coming right towards you and then you put an arrow in that one and you feel really good and then uh just so on so how do you deal with all that yeah so i mean i certainly like especially when i was younger i would just absolutely lose it like right before a shot like i mean it was like blackout barely remember what happened mm -hmm. um but like a couple things that i really I, I i consciously do them when there are animals coming in is i like like squeeze my back two shoulder blades together i don't know why but it like it it, it helps me like breathe more calmly okay um like it just like makes my posture. I don't know what the deal is, but I've found that it helps. Um, so like, that's something I do, but like, honestly, that elk, that elk happened so fast. And like, when I missed that thing, I literally was like, like giggling and like trying not to be loud because I was just like, what the hell? Like <laughs> yeah. what, I like, what just happened? Like, why did I just shoot at a freaking bull elk from this tree? You know, I've said that, but I've like never like carried my, saddle into the mountains and actually like tried to kill an elk from a tree you know yeah um so and then like when the bucks were coming in that was uh, i mean i don't know i don't really it's hard to it's hard to describe it's hard for me to describe what I do because I don't find what I do to be particularly successful. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, because I was currently lost an Iowa buck and a cow elk. So, but I, but even like to, to like your first reaction from missing the, your, you know, the bull elk is, you know, you're not heartbroken. Like some people would just, like you said, like if you were younger, you would have beaten yourself up and then you're like, Oh crap. Now, like some people could be like, it's redemption time. Here's the white tail 
calm your emotions. Let's get a good shot. Others could be like, oh shit, now I might have to miss this deer. You know what I mean? Like it's the negative that could keep continue to yeah. follow and you, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> but it's just so hard. Like, I don't know. Like that's a really hard mindset to, to get yourself in. Like, yeah, it's all, it's all so much in the opportunity for me. Like there, there could have been other days where I missed that bull. And yeah, I was like, Oh my God. Probably if that whitetail wasn't there, honestly, was yeah. was what that scenario would have yeah. been. Yeah, you're like, oh, all right, um, well, there's a whitetail coming. I'll, I'll, yeah, I was like, all right, well, yeah. the mission at hand <laughs> is still playing out. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's tough. I mean, it's it is heartbreak when you, uh, especially on like a whitetail. That's why I say I love turkey hunting so much. Is it's like so much less pressure. Like yeah. if you screw up a turkey, it sucks. But if you hunt reasonably hard, you'll probably have another opportunity. Not the case in the whitetail woods. Yeah, yeah. Now, because you've you've come from the, that midwestern whitetail hunting, and now yep. you're hunting whitetail in Montana. Is there like a huge difference that you've found, or some different th- like techniques, or you know, uh, scouting, or what? Like, what has been like a big, not necessarily a challenge, but you know, you hear of like some people that we know uh, that are from like northeastern side of PA that I have friends that moved down to Delaware and they're like, dude, it took me two years to figure out how to hunt these deer down here. They're just different. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, well, yeah, like first off in, in Wisconsin and Iowa, you know, I was predominant, Iowa predominantly hunting private land, Wisconsin. I hunted a lot of public, but, um, I, I I was young enough where I wasn't really concerned about a mature buck. You know, I was just out there to, you know, find a basket rack eight point to shoot with my bow. Um, and so like, yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning curve just having to, yes, kind of do it all on your own, figure it out, go out there and put the boots on the ground, spend the time looking over, you know, web map on Onyx there and finding the pockets that I didn't think, you know, other folks would be in. Um, but the biggest difference is like, there's not a lot of agriculture to hunt out here and like where I'm hunting whitetails, and where I came from hunting whitetails, like it sounds really ass backwards, but Wisconsin and Iowa were very terrain laden where I was hunting whitetails versus Montana where I'm hunting whitetails just because the river bottom valleys, um, which are, are just a lot flatter. I mean, you can certainly hunt in other spots, but they're also like herd animals here, man. Yeah. Like they're just in much larger groups consistently. It seems like it's not uncommon to drive by like a, you know, a hay field or something like that. And you see a hundred freaking whitetails out in the same field in Montana. Like doesn't, it doesn't happen like that in Wisconsin, Iowa. You might see like yeah. 10, 12, something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. sure. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, just hunting river bottoms as to compared to, you know, agriculture or, or big timber, um, it's been a lot, a lot different. Obviously the river is yeah. the major funnel and the major source that creates movement for a rhyme or reason. Um, yeah. as I said, there's like no topple lines on the particular spot I'm hunting. Um, so like really just finding that habitat diversity and a, a natural edge for them. Um, that, that was key to finding them. Um, that's awesome. In, in my particular scenario. We, we had a guest on a few months back. He's one of our buddies from Alberta. Uh, Michael Bashan, he shot a moose out of the, uh, oh, tent, yeah, yeah, tent, yeah. man, that was pretty cool for him to do that, man. That is cool. Yeah. It's just some crazy things that you could do. You never know. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Now, um, so when, when did you make it then? So you had that early October. When was, was October 4th? I shot my Wisconsin buck on October 24th. Okay. Um, and so this was a property that uh, I hunted last year in Wisconsin. It's a, it's a chunk of private, but there's like, 
nothing on it. It's just like a raw 300 acres. Um, so again, like saddles, that's all we hunt out of there. And, uh, there's all of the access is terrible. So it's a sweet piece of property, but they, again, basically own the Creek bottom and all the wooded draws that go up to this plateauing top where all the ag fields are. Okay. They literally own like every finger of woods into these ag fields. None of the ag fields. There's like a couple, um, there's one bean field on the property and one like small corn plot. Uh, well, at least that's what it was last year. Um, and so, I, I mean, I pretty much, again, like I just hunt the wooded ridges and find a doe bedding area and play the wind. And I sit there and wait for a cruising buck. Um, and so last, last year when I hunted it, well, I guess two falls ago now I had, I'd figured out a general zone, you know, because it was really hard. Like we don't, I'd never scouted it. The only time I've ever been there, I am there during like the last week in October is what it has been. And I have seven days and I'm there to hunt and I'm not going to like go trouncing through it and burn through it. So like all of my scouting was done from a tree. Um, And so like this year, first day, I knew exactly where I was going. Didn't have a tree picked out. Um, like I, I got in off the plane and woke up the next morning, you know, and went up there and it's a freaking hoof. I don't know how far, but if you don't want to drive the, the, you know, the Ranger through the gut of the bottom, um, I need an e-bike for this spot. I would be so okay. clutch. Um, but like, I literally like change head to toe when I get to my tree. Um, and I, like, I wear Crocs in typically, um, and I strap my rubber boots to my pack because it's just like, they get so sweaty and wet. Yep. Um, and so get to my tree, climb up as soon as it starts getting like, it is not, it's dark still. It yep. is freaking dark still. And I hear, and I like look over it too dark to see. I can't, I can't even tell what's happening. And I'm still like looking, I pull up my binos and all of a sudden I can see like movement in my binos. Um, and I just like pull them down and it's like silhouette of a rack right on the ridge. And it was, it was one of those ones. I mean, I am literally moments into shooting time on my hunt and it's like, Oh, that's a good buck, but I don't know. And he, he is just, just coming just like on a freaking line. And so I'm, I'm sitting there with my freaking binos and I'm just like (laughs) analyzing, analyzing. And I kept those damn vortexes on my eyes for too long. And I, I literally, when I pulled the binos down, he was at 30 yards. And, and so like, he just came in at this like angle where he's, it's a sweet buck. Um, but he's like tight but super heavy yeah and his one main beam is broken off um like i don't know he's probably only missing three inches of it but i never saw the double drops when he was coming in it wasn't until he was at 30 yards standing broadside and turned up to look at me that i saw the double drops and i didn't even have my fuck i did you know you're good i didn't even have my bow in my hands <laughs> oh man and i was like oh my god and so like nothing i could do he's just staring me dead in the eyes i'm like literally pick the tree like an idiot 
like it's a lone tree, but it has like three stems. So a, it was a nightmare to get into. Yep. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like the only tr- like tree within 10 yards of any direction. Right. Um, Dang, and so I, I don't know. He just pegged me. But I just like stood like still didn't do anything. He puts his nose down and just keeps going on the trail. He's going on. And so I, I'm like, I grab my grunt call. I'm looking at him in the binos as he's walking away thinking you are an idiot. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just ripped that grunt call when he got about 80, hundred yards away. There is enough like thick underbrushy crap. Um, and that deer fricking spun around on a beeline and just charged in. Like, I wow. just remember like, just like a straight sprint. And he got to like in inside of 50 yards, but was like, you know, coming at me on an angle a little bit. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like so much earlier than I ever even thought about <laughs> shooting. Yeah. And I don't know how many more like gallops he took, but when he stopped, I just like hit a tree with my rangefinder, said 40, dropped it, drew back, put pin, let arrow go. And when I looked at my phone after, like, I mean, I, I freaking pump housed him. I heard him crash the whole nine. Like I knew he was dead as a rock. Um, but like nine minutes in the legal shooting light in my hunt done. Jeez. That's crazy. But you talked about, you knew where you wanted to go in your spot without even scouting, you know, can you explain why you chose that area? Um, and what made you, whether it was a map on Onyx that, you know, terrain feature that, that put you in that area. Um, but what led you to getting to that area that morning? Yeah. So, uh, that, that was my second fall hunting that property. So the fall previous, I had hunted that same ridge uh, a couple mornings. Um, and, and oddly enough, I actually saw the buck that I ended up shooting last year. Um, he had one of his drop times when I saw him okay. the previous year. Yep. Um, but anyhow, I, I just like, I set up in the wrong spot every time. Like I'd see big bucks and I literally on Onyx, every time I'm sitting in my tree stand, if there's a buck of interest, I plot even on like my private property, which seems kind of stupid, but I plot every single spot mature bucks ever enter into a spot that I see them. Like I always drop a waypoint there. And when I um, came back looking at it this year, I had three waypoints that all were within the vicinity of that tree I climbed up. So I like climbed up with it for good reason. Right. Um, but it, terrible tree. Um, but anyhow, yeah. So that that's why I came to that spot because it was like, okay, I know I saw bucks crossing right in here somewhere. This is where I'm going to start my trip. I mean, that's per like when you think about it. For us, we didn't obviously have the, that caliber of deer, but we used that to our little hunting adventure this past year, just because that's where we kept seeing deer and marking spots and getting in there. And whether we had opportunities or shot a doe or whatever it was, that's kind of like what we did. You know, we were just like, okay, where are we seeing deer moving at a consistent basis or, you know, or what's that feature and whether it be coming up over the saddle, like whatever it was, we were, you know, either a doe, tag success or obviously we didn't have a, a buck opportunity well we had opportunities but uh didn't close the deal on it but yeah i 
it's, it's amazing how you could use those those features and and just like you said okay three i need to be in this spot because i've have three waypoints marked over the past couple of years and get up in there Destiny's yeah and good. i mean Destiny's sh- shameless happen. onyx blog i mean like i i just would never remember that stuff with the detail that i yeah. need to and so to like drop a waypoint and then add a quick note like i was literally it was on a finger ridge and i was on like the very highest point there was one small little topo circle mm-hmm. and that's where my tree was and there was just like little saddle edges on both sides and it eventually came up um to my south but to the north it fell down into the lone bean field there and yeah i mean it, it was just your your very stereotypical bedding ridge you do that like you're constantly dropping waypoints what no matter what it is and even talking to a few people over the weekend at, at total archery challenge like we were discussing that and like the one guy that's is a, another successful hunter that's one of our friends that's what he said he like jim jim was just mm-hmm. like every little piece no matter what it is like i'm marking that because when you start seeing an over abundance of waypoints that area has got to be good then and you know what i mean so that's my biggest use case for onyx on private land is like if you do that and you start dropping pins and you zoom out a little bit like and if you like take trail camera data into account and you keep track of where your trail yeah. cameras are on onyx like you can start to put together like how deer move yeah. without even like you know i know i know it seems rudimentary you're like okay yeah i've walked all the deer trails i know where the rubs are i know where the scrapes are but until you can look at it from a bird's eye view, like there's just something that doesn't click as well. Yeah. Well, and I, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I think 100%. once you put all these pins down and, and you're starting to see these tendencies of these deer, because, you know, whether it's the same deer or, you know, another mature buck over time, you, you start to see that they're doing the same thing year after year. And once you figure that out and, and then you can kind of understand the terrain features of what makes that a good spot and why these deer are traveling there, one, you can kind of dial into like how you did into the spot that finally made you successful. But then two, you kind of understand of why, you know, other spots that you may see on a map are going to be good as well. So if you're trying to scout a new area, um, or whether it's public or, or private or a different state, you can kind of see the same terrain features that, that may be similar to where, you know, you saw those tendencies where you hunted last year, and then you can kind of focus your area of scouting in those areas to see if you find the same tendencies of sign when you go in there. Yeah. And I mean, there are a few better feelings in my opinion than like picking a spot out on a map, walking in there and it's just like, hell yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I wanted it to be. Yeah. No. And that's the, even the discussion that Aaron really harped on when we had Aaron on from THP, like on the podcast, like he was talking about like how, you know, this, the success of, you know, the past couple of years for them, you know, if, if it's these features and they don't have the opportunity to go out and scout and do it they're if they find those pockets that it's similar and when they get there, you know, obviously when they go in groups of three, someone's going, you know, to go scout about another property. And, but at the same time, you know, we, we know what their success is like, you know? Yeah. Those dudes are killers. Yeah. It's awesome to watch, man. All right. Yeah, dude. it is. It's so really adjust yeah what um what about oklahoma because was that your first time there 
uh, Oklahoma was just like something that was very out of out of my realm of normalcy as far as yeah. whitetail hunting. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So I had went down there with. Uh, so the guys from Become One there, uh, yep. Tom Petrie was there, and then Jason Matzinger from yep. Into High Country, and then uh, Willie Schmidt of Pure Hunting. Um, so, so it was a sweet little work trip, and we had actually it was we were there with an outfitter, uh, EWA Hunting, um, super solid dudes. And so, like, they basically had spots picked out for us, and so we, you know, went in there, um, and I mean, it was just really interesting country just like incredibly high crp like big broom grass i think like eight feet high and it, like it became a jungle mixed in that with that and cedars like deer could have bedded anywhere yeah and uh and we are just again like this big flat river bottom um and so the first night like we had uh we were in this ladder stand and uh, <laughs> It was the worst ladder stand. Like we were, you put us in a dead cottonwood and that like, you know, 12 feet up with no branches nearby. And that's us. Like these two humans just like silhouetted beyond imaginability. Like it was so bad. And somehow like these does immediately, we were not there for more than 20 minutes, like come into this little food plot deal we're sitting on. They hung out at like 15 yards, never even looked in a tree. Like they, they, they don't care in the world. No, they did not care one bit. Wow. And so I don't know, like, I just, you know, all the deer that I've hunted, even like everywhere they're, you know, they're like yeah. alert. <laughs> they're trying to find a human that's sitting yeah. in a tree waiting to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Not these ones. Um, and so like, we're sitting there and like deer are piling into this little food plot and it's, it's getting to be like camera light. Uh, you know, I got a cameraman in the tree with me and, um, I, nice buck, good buck, um, steps out at like, I don't know, 80 yards, something like that. And is marching his way towards us. Um, and so like we're he's, you know, messing with the camera and I'm like, okay, ranging some stuff, figuring it out. All of a sudden, uh, his GoPro beeped or, or some, some, some type of camera gear beeped every deer in the field was just like oh. and like immediately they were like scatter those are human oh, like yeah it was it was like ooh, ouch um i don't know that there was enough light to really make it happen anyway but yeah, that was yeah. a good luck um but then yeah i mean we ended <laughs> we ended up i talked to the guide and i was like hey uh do you care if i uh climb these other trees with these tree saddles that I brought. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, I mean, yeah, whatever. Uh, and so I was like, sweet. And so, yeah, we ended up uh, crawling these little cedar trees um, that had way better cover. Um, and we, we hunted pretty much the same spot for the next three days. Never saw that good buck again. Um, but the buck I ended up killing, I, the, they figure him to be a four and a half year old buck. Um, and I mean, he was, I mean, he was a respectable buck. I'd just go Dude. out there and shoot him again in a heartbeat, oh but gosh, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's not a Pope and young nine point or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that was a sweet hunt. He just came, does were in the food plot and he just came out grunting and rutting and chased this doe right by me. And it was like 70 degrees. It was hot. Um, so there, there really wasn't a whole lot of action happening in camp. So I yeah. felt pretty fortunate to have him come nice, dude. through. Good for you, man. 
I it love is. it. What is what a whitetail season for the ages. And what's funny is, man, you like I guarantee you, if you go back and listen to our podcast, you're like, dude, I'm gonna have the whitetail season <laughs> of the ages. You freaking called it, man. You're like, you legit called it. Well, I somehow weaseled my way. I mean, all I did was hunt from you know October October fifth, call it through November 15th, you know, there was yeah. a couple weeks there in October. I wasn't in my tree stands. I was duck hunting, but, um, I mean, that's the thing that you notice. I mean, the people that are out there punching a bunch of tags, they're able to sit in the tree a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there's honestly, this was something that we were talking about recently rather, rather than, uh, we as just like internally yeah. at, at the office, you mm-hmm. know, the water cooler talk, <laughs> think it might be better off to go hunt like every single day before work that you can possibly do just for that you know that first hour of of the day you know if you can only hunt for an hour and a half you're better hunting that hour and a half 20 times than you are to you know pick three all day sits interesting and and i i think like i think i very much believe in that well i you made a post about that with turkey this past year You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember, like, I, I, I mean, that wasn't too long ago, so I, that kind of vividly pops out of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, that's what something I kind of did this year. Uh, you know, I started a new job about a year and a half ago, um, almost now, but I was able to get out or out of work a little bit earlier on three days of the week. And uh, when the rut was com- coming in, uh, and once November hit, I told my wife, I said, you know, these three days a week, I get home, there's about an hour. I have probably about 45 minutes to an hour of light left. You know, there's one stand, uh, just on off my dad's property on the public, uh, that I had a tree stand up in. And I said, you know, I'm just going to throw my clothes on. I'm going to go sit for an hour. And, you know, eventually I had a really nice buck come by me. I mean, I, there's no deer didn't spook anything going into the stand that night. Um, and then probably about a half hour before dark here, he, he came right yeah. some does, uh, the does came by me and, you know, just over probably about 35, 38 yards. And I thought he was going to do the same thing. And he actually skirted around at a little over 50 and then never got a shot. But I mean, just like you said, Jared, I mean, I think every opportunity that you can get, you know, unless you're going to really screw things up. But if you think you can get in there and and not mess things up, the more days, you know, even if it's an hour, if you sit, you never know. That could be the day that that buck's chasing or, you know, that doe's going to bring them right by you. Yeah. Yeah, I just think the more you can spread it out and I don't know, like just makes your day a heck of a lot better too. It does. <laughs> like sometimes it's really hard to like drag your ass out of bed in the morning. Cause you're like, you know, especially if you're hunting by yourself, you're like, uh, we'll feel better to sleep in or like sit in that last half hour, you know, it's kind of a drag sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's always, it's always better than whatever the alternative was, at least in my world. Yeah, dude, I agree. Now, you had uh, the single season slam for for uh, turkey this spring. W- was that like a, a thing you were planning on trying to get after, or was it like okay, because uh, you got Florida done like opening day? Yeah, so single season slam was never even something that was on my radar of possibility. Like, yeah, I knew about it, and but it was just like a thing that like old dudes and privileged turkey hunters got to do, you know, like nobody in my family had ever tried to do it. And like pretty serious turkey hunting family. Um, and so 
the only reason it all really happened was my dad has never chased a Rio. Um, and so like, there's some of my, my extended family were planning to hunt Wyoming. And I was like, I hunt Wyoming every year. It's the same thing as Montana. Hey mom, dad, do you want to go to Kansas? Okay. I've never hunted a Rio. He'd never hunted a Rio. They're like, yeah, we'll go wherever you want to go. And I was like, all right, we're going to Kansas. Uh, and so we just picked a spot on the map and, you know, we just hunted walking down there, but anyhow, so that, that trip to Kansas, we had planned in like February. Fast forward to like March 3rd, three days before opening day in South Florida. Uh, my buddy, Philip Culpepper, um, down at spring thunder calls me at Realtree there. And he's like, dude, last minute cancellation. If you can hop on a plane, like tomorrow, you can come hunt an Osceola. Like it's going to be bang up sweet spot. And I was like, um, probably no chance, but I'll, I'll see. Yeah. And so I just like quick looked at flights, $155 from Missoula to Tampa night, like booking it like 12 hours in advance. I'm like, I can't even fly to Seattle for like $200. Right. Right. And so like immediately after seeing that, I just like slacked my boss, you know, message him. And, um, he's like, yeah, if you can do it for under 500 bucks, go for hell. And I was like, done and so i was like uh phil my ticket's booked i'll see you tomorrow um well because i I messaged you you're like dude i just got in (laughs) i just got in and i shot this thing yeah dude and so literally opening day it was just like this 300 acres of of private ground um just a dude that like has known the real tree guys forever um and so like we just get to roam around on the farm there and uh yeah i mean there is i don't know seven birds up in the tree there only like one of them was gobbling hard yeah um but they pitched down and it, it was freaking awesome so i mean like i was just so out of my element sitting there in uh palm meadows and yeah. like uh, it was like 80 degrees there's mosquitoes <laughs> flying around on opening day and i was like what am i doing here you know so you had florida yep kansas yep where else florida kansas at home here in montana and then wisconsin wisconsin dang Good for yeah. you, man. Good for yeah. you. That's awesome. What Thanks, uh, man. I want to circle back just real quick because I, I wrote down just when we were talking about your Wisconsin buck, yeah. and you were talking about like finding the the like wooded ridges, doe bedding, and looking for the cruising buck. Has that been like your kind of bread and butter go to, like kind of little scouting and pre scouting and getting set up technique that you've been running? That, that is like, if I, if I am in the terrain to hunt that, that is the way I'm going to be hunting. Yeah. Uh, like th- there's kind of a, a joke in the family. Like I, I only hunt a couple spots on the family Iowa farm. Like, I mean, yeah. like, and there are some other spots that have churned out way more and bigger bucks. And yeah. it's just like, I don't know. There's something about, I love, I love midday action. Like that's what I'm sitting there for. Like I'm sitting there for the nine to noon. Yeah. Like I would way rather hunt in at least in like my wooded ridge bedding area scenario yeah that nine to noon hour is just so fun like it's it drags on sometimes but like any moment and when i hear one it's like you're gonna be a buck right and i think during that time frame that's the moment too where they're either done or they're about to look for a new doe or they're looking for the doe so you have if you're in that right area you like you were saying they're usually going to be coming and cruising right by it 
right? Yeah. I mean, you, you have, so we saw that this year. Yeah. Here in yeah. PA. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Like, we just, it seemed like during that time frame, like you said, that 9 to noon, we're like, like, because the morning would happen, and as soon as the light hit, like, like all hell's breaking loose. So like, where we were, they're running up the ridge, like, de- like bucks are falling over deadfall, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I, like I'm literally going, hey, and he's just, like, tongues out, and, like, they're running. Oh, like, yeah. The other does are, like, looking at him, like, you're nuts, and then the little one comes through, like, little spiker, and I'm like, you know, PA 11 one. But then three hours later, you just I'm looking out in glass and you just see them just cruising. I'm like, I'm you know, I, I'm hitting horns, I'm hitting grunts and they're coming through and they get to a certain spot. I just they couldn't like I was I thought I was set up in good spots where there was good trails and where deer like some does were. I'm like, OK, if, if that buck gets on any of those lines, I have an opportunity. It just always seemed like they just circled right around where I had that that little slightest of, of a shot opportunity, just a little too far for me in the, in the PA timber there. You know what I mean? Totally. But when you're in the zone, it's so fun. Oh yeah. I mean, it's fun. At least you're seeing deer, like how you were saying it's so fun. Like, even though you saw those like one fifties in, in Iowa, (laughs) but I know what you mean though. Like it is frustrating because you're just like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, come on, get, get in here. But I, but cause you, someone could be like, man, what are you, how could you be frustrated at watching 150, you know, 50 inch deers like coming <laughs> and, in? And they have every right in the world oh, yeah. to say that. Like, I, and I, I agree. shouldn't be frustrated, but yeah. like when you're in, yeah. But no, when yeah. you're in the moment, man, it is frustrating. Yeah. It does, like, you know, for us for a hundred, yeah. 110 yeah. inch <laughs> PA whitetail, man, I'm getting frustrated <laughs> at it, you know? Yeah. Heck yeah, man. What, uh, what, what do you, you want, do you have anything about for like new things that you wanted to ask about Onyx or anything? Yeah. I mean, let's just, is there any new features coming out or anything new that listeners can get excited about with anything Onyx, you know, scouting season's really been ramping up now. Turkey season's over and with summer coming up, velvet season's just around the corner. Anything we can expect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually we just launched um our new 2020 crop data layer yeah dude um, it's money for us right now for delaware because we're going for early season so that's been huge heck yeah so right now uh well by the time this podcast comes out it very well might be live everywhere um so it basically what that tells you is what was planted in 2020 um, in agricultural fields, there's like 320 million acres worth of data there, yeah. um, across like 19 species of, of, uh, mass producing crop. Um, you know, obviously the main ones being corn, soybeans, alfalfa, wheat, winter wheat, uh, hay is in there, you know, all the way down yep. to like peanuts and uh, there's all sorts of stuff in there in that, in that layer. I think, um, I think there's a lot of people that are gonna be able to use it, you know, whether you're a whitetail hunter or waterfowl hunter, upland hunter, you know. Yeah. you know, corn and soybeans and wheat are, uh, major food sources. So, um, you know, you obviously just base that, that data on 2020 with crop rotations. So, you know, it is a little bit of guesswork, you know, there's no guarantee in that Bob is going to plant corn and then soybeans and then corn and then soybeans, but right. it at least gives you a pretty good idea of, uh, of what food source you might be in. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Yeah. We, we, I, I'll tell you what, it's just, it's getting cleaner looking every every you know just every time like a new update gets on it's you know i don't know i love it it's good stuff you guys keep killing it dude appreciate it man yeah it's uh it's fun it's fun to see it uh to, and we had some more stuff coming too like foldering mm-hmm. should be able to create uh like be able to organize your markups here real real shortly sweet that's gonna be nice you know? yeah 
Awesome, dude. What uh, what's on the horizon now? You know, we had you on last time. Like you said, you you called your season. What's uh, Alaska's early? <laughs> we talked about it. What's up? What's on the horizon for uh, twenty one? Yeah, man. So, um, Alaska, Wisconsin, Whitetail again. Yep. Um, uh, trying to push that back to the first week of November um, nice. rather than the last week of October. Uh, I'll definitely do a uh, Eastern Montana, you know, mule deer, whitetail, whatever nice buck comes out first type of deal. Yep. Um, got a buddy coming out for that one. And then I actually plan to go down and hunt uh, Arkansas in December to nice. try to find a, a rutten buck down there. That'll be fun. Uh, so that'll be entirely new. Yeah. Good stuff. How about man. you guys? What do you guys got? Well, we uh we have early season Delaware. Uh, we're gonna give that a shot. We've how early is that? That is gonna be September eighth time frame. Uh, I think it's okay. like oh, yeah, pretty it's, early. Yeah, it's like a couple days after their opening day. Uh, we we've been trying to get some some intel, and I met someone there actually. Uh, randomly walking through total archery challenge. I walked up on some people and I just said, Hey man, where are you guys from? And, uh, you know, they said Delaware. And I said, Hey, do you know this forest? Or like, yeah, I hunt that. And then, you know, he started following us on Instagram. He sent me a message of, uh, about a 210 inch whitetail. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's from the forest that you were, that you just told me about. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, he goes, it, they're, they're big. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody talk about Delaware? So, well, because it's about this big. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it, cause my, my brother, he is, uh, he's serious with this girl and her dad was originally from Pennsylvania. He has been living down there now for the last, I think four years. And my dad sent me some photos of like what he's either found a shed of. And I'm, I mean, like, like this bottom part of the Yeti is like the mass and it might be like, it's just crazy. We're, you know, you think Delaware, but there's a lot of, like you're saying ag fields and uh, they hide up in those pines and he's like, you don't hear them coming. You're literally looking at like for legs under the pines. But if you could get I, in, uh, on them, you get, you could get, I firmly you, believe there's big white tails in about every state in this oh, yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything I think right now, like for our state of Pennsylvania, the 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 point restriction has done us so good. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I think that's been made a huge difference. Now it's just kind of getting out there and trying to find them. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah, now too. Yeah, I mean, especially now too. Like everybody's just you know trying, and and then the knowledge of everything going on and the new things of you know not. I, I hate to say new because it's not new. It's just it's out there more you know easily. <laughs> feels like it's booming right now yeah 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 there there you go that's that's correct (laughs) correct words um awesome man yeah so i mean we'll be hunting pa and if man if we're lucky enough we're a hop skip and a jump from ohio or maryland or new york and uh are are we plan on coming back out west not this year but the following year just to either do an over-counter or we pull tag again from somewhere and uh I, I'm hopeful for Kansas next year. That's what I would really like yeah. to do. Uh, just because um, I have a cousin that lives down there and uh, she's been, you know, really, her and I are pretty close. And so I'm hoping that, you know, I could just either sack up there for a little bit or nearby. And uh, yeah, I'm like, hey, tell tell your husband to go out there. And, and he's not a hunter, but I'm like, go have him uh, fi- meet some hunters out there for me. Did and you buy yourself a Kansas point? Yeah. Yeah. I have two. So. Oh. Yeah. So you should be pretty much good anywhere with a bow. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the goal. So was, I, I I think next year is going to be be that. So 
Well, I have I have some limited intel on uh, Kansas, depending on where your cousin lives. Right. I trounced a lot around on a lot of uh, walk-ins. There we go. A lot of weehaws. Nice, dude. Well, awesome, so. man. Well, let's uh, let's let's uh, square up again once you get back from Alaska, and we'll get going because I'm <laughs> I want to hear about <laughs> that and uh, and see how that goes, man. And I I hope you have an awesome summer hanging out in uh, in the mountains throwing out that fly rod and, and just enjoying life, dude. So thanks again, Jared, for coming on. Check out Onyx. And uh, everybody, thank you so much. Till next time, Antler Up. That's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. I want to thank you so much for checking us out. And be sure to head over to antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And until next time, Antler Up.